We are back, boys and girls. This is Blake Miller coming to you live. I'm sitting just to the left of my desk in my tiny ass apartment here in Mission Viejo. Kyle, the creator 2.0 is here, joined by LA, LA Bash Bros. Jake, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, fun week one regarding our uh, our podcast last week and kind of breaking everything down and then seeing it all play out. So we'll uh, we'll be going over just what happened in week one and ups and downs and um let me let me hold on let me look at these standings really quick oh would you look at that we have kyle the creator and i'll give him the that's me four point lead on me but then you're looking at la bash bros number two so you you're listening to the top two uh points number number one number two after week one um so you know your expertise is here isn't week one the greatest? Not besides the fantasy football, but just the games in general. Week one, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, it, and it did. And a lot of things happened week one regarding upsets. And we had a tie um, and, you know, a bunch of things that we're going to dive into um, to look over to see what happened week one. Because it, it honestly, a lot of things shocked me. Um, Miles Sanders, I'm talking to you. Um, oh, but, uh, we'll someone owes an that. apology. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, before we dive into uh, everything that happened this past week and some of the guys that we really liked and were really down on on, on after week one's games, I want to go back to our predictions that we made last week. So mm. I, myself, I went one for four. I The only game I got right, matchup I got right, was I'm looking at it. Was it... Oh, was it yours? Yeah, yeah it was yours. Predict, yeah, we well, both pre- predicted myself. And I had the biggest blowout of the week uh, by almost 40 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I never really thought I was in doubt. I guess Thursday night, Josh Allen and the Bills defense kind of went off um, yeah. against the Rams. But I was nervous for you. Uh, I wasn't. I had Cooper Cup, who's a, a yeah. solid 25 points a game. So, you know, when I get that, that point total, I you know, I, I was not too um worried. And I knew guys that would come in would be like Herbert, um uh, yeah. like young Wake who I, I already knew he was gonna, you know, drop yeah, automatic the nineteen points that he dropped, but you know, just a blowout. But yeah, that's the only thing that I have over you right now is the predictions. Um one that I was proud of myself uh was Sam. Uh you know, predicting Sam to beat Nick. Um, I didn't really necessarily like some of Nick's players, but uh, but it came to fruition because, you know, players on Sam's team like Jamar Chase and Mike Evans, um, I mean, even her four-point performance by Dak, which was better than Aaron Rodgers' three points. But we'll get more in-depth in a little bit of, uh, with all that stuff, but was proud to, to predict Sam over Nick. Yeah, and real quick, you ended up the week three and two. So like I said, I'm one and four. You're three and two. We're going to keep this going throughout the year and we'll see where we end up. I got a couple five and oh weeks left in me. So let's move on to a review of last week. So the first matchup I'm going to look at is Sam first Nick. Sam had the victory. Uh, first one of the season. It's the big one. It's always the one that you're most excited about. Um, one up, one down on her roster. I first squarely look right at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the bench, but 
one of those players that you were unsure about coming into the year. That's why he slid so late in the draft. He looks like the guy that Kansas City drafted. Um, as her one down, Cam Akers. Sam, I told you so. I told you so. As we look at Rum Runners, his one up, looking at his roster, I see Tyreek Hill. I think there's a lot of questions mark coming into the upcoming season is what is his role going to be in Miami? Uh, is he going to have a big drop off, not having Patrick Mahomes throwing him those deep balls? But while he barely went over his projections, you saw how active he was in that offense. My one down is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I believe if, if Nick would have waited later in the draft where Aaron was projected to go, it wouldn't be that harsh. But knowing that he went up a couple of rounds to pick him really is showing the glaring weakness at his quarterback position now. All right. So official boys against from zero to hero. Um, once again, the zero will stay for Phil Okamoto against Brian and the official boys. Um, one up and one down from each team. So for Brian's team, the official boys um, on his starting lineup, I'm going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, 35 points, having five touchdowns um, against the Arizona Cardinals defense that was a little bit banged up, but still, like, they were decent last year, and especially on the road. But dropping five touchdowns and 35 points is absolutely impressive. One person that was definitely disappointing, Damian Pierce, um, kind of it didn't really have too much going on throughout the entire day. Rex Burkhead, I know caught a couple passes he had some rushing yards so um kind of disappointed with him as an rb2 i will say though for the official boys if you heard last week i just talked absolute trash on miles sanders scared him enough to have him on the bench so nothing miles sanders did last week necessarily counts only because he did not play on the official boys then you're looking at from zero to hero we have one up, one down. Number one, of course, has to be to Saquon Barkley from zero to hero. If your RB2 is getting you 30 points a game, that's absolutely incredible. So Phil has that to look forward to. However, I did call this last week. Trey Lance, just not very good. Uh, you can say that the weather definitely played a factor. But as a running quarterback, he only had a certain amount of yards. I believe it was uh, close to, let me just double check here. It was, uh, he had 54 yards, so not too bad, but they could not get anything going regarding any of the receivers, um, anything for Trey Lance at all. So look for him to bounce back next week, but I mean, just not a good showing. And like I said last week, there's always Jimmy G creeping in the shadows. So I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance struggles, if the 49ers struggle to start the season, then Jimmy G gets that spot back. All right. First place team, Kyler, the creator, defeats a Shane quarterback sneaks 130 to 110 one up one down for Blake Kyler the creator one up I'm gonna have to say the trio of wide receivers uh, you got Devontae Adams Michael Pittman and Brandon Cooks uh, both Devontae and Michael Pittman looked extremely impressive um, both getting a lot of targets which is what you want in fantasy football uh, Derek Carr through to Devontae Adams just I can't tell you how many times as I was sitting there Watching one-on-one coverage, just seeing him getting the ball over and over and over again. Had a, an amazing touchdown catch late in the game. Michael Pittman kind of getting that new rapport with Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan leaned heavily on Michael Pittman. Not too many players behind Michael Pittman. So definitely the, the that uh, wide receiver trio. One down, 
That first round pick, Najee Harris, staring right at a 9.6 in the first week. That's not necessarily what you want in an RB1. Um, and also left the game uh, or was injured later on in the game. Uh, didn't play too much in the fourth and in overtime. So only 9.6 points for Najee. Not too great. For a Shane's team, quarterback sneaks. Uh, one up, one down. I got to give him up, uh, give up uh, number one for Cordero Patterson. And I'll get into a little bit later. Cordero and just, you know, what he brings to that team. But on his bench with 21 points, um, definitely outshined. I mean, if you add James Conner and David Montgomery, they had 20 points combined. So Cordero outscoring him by himself. One down would have to be that tight end spot. I, it's a fat goose egg, uh, 0.0. .0. Uh, all of us combined playing fantasy football would have done just as much as Irv Smith Jr. So definitely down. I'm sure Shane's going to be hitting that waiver wire, trying to pick up a tight end. I think I already know who he's going to get. Perhaps I might try to sneak in there as well for him. I guess this will be coming out after the uh, waiver goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if a Shane picks up Gerald Everett from the Chargers. You heard it here first. This next matchup kills me. House Targaryen versus Bubba Butker. Phillips with a victory, 123 over 112. One up, one down with House Targaryen and Steph's team is gotta love Lenny for uh Lenny Fournette. I talked about how much of a steady rock that he is as a running back in that Tampa Bay backfield. Low scoring game, 19-3 uh, this, this past week, but you always know what you're going to get from good old Lenny. And when I look at her down, I look at Mike Williams. I look at that Charger offense. Um, this week, wasn't really involved. We saw once Keenan Allen went down, we had, uh, I believe, DeAndre Carter take a expanded role in that offense is... Where where does Mike Williams go from here? Is this just one of those weeks where he's just not featured in the offense and we'll see him next week out there getting those 15 targets? But I kind of hope to wish that coming into this year, Mike Williams has have a more solidified role in the offense, but this is just same old Mike Williams. And as we look to Bubble Butkers, my one-up for him is DeAndre Swift, nabbing that number two uh, running back uh, and having that consistency of the 25 points. Lions are going to be a team that, they're going to be losing. They're going to be behind. And, I mean, maybe we saw they're going to be an offensive scoring team too. Having DeAndre Swift on that uh, on that team and being able to uh, be a three-down back is going to be a, a really important. And it's great getting that out of his second running back. And then I look towards, as his one down, is Travis Etienne Jr. Now, I am all for... Uh, watching other people draft these either rookie running backs or second year running backs into these uh, teams where they're part of teams where there's a well-established RB1. Now, James Robinson went off. I love James Robinson. I'm, I am worried and I feel like I saw it shades in this game that Travis Etienne Jr. will be in a complete timeshare with James Robinson. And James Robinson, I believe, is going to be the one ahead. So I'm a little worried for Travis Etienne Jr. Hopefully he can kind of break out of that you never want to wish an injury on a player, but I see that as his only avenue unless uh, James Robinson really starts pooping the bed or something. And finally, we, we come to our last matchup. LA Bash Bros, first the Notorious, Jake Bakke versus Trey. Jake steamrolled him almost by 40 points. I look at the one-up for uh, LA Bash Bros. I look at Kareem Hunt. As a Nick Chubb owner, I am scared because this is exactly what I did not want to see from Kareem Hunt and his involvement in this offense. The guy went off. There's nothing else to say. My one down, I look at CeeDee Lamb. What is going to go on with that Dallas Cowboys offense? 
what happened to CD Lamb week one. Yes, three to nineteen, but you would think that CD Lamb's gonna command a little bit more attention, a little bit more targets, a little bit more catches. But we did not see that. Let's shift over to the notorious. My one up for them is literally the Buffalo Bills. It's anyone that's wearing a Buffalo Bills jersey on a starting lineup. That's Josh Allen. You draft Josh Allen as a number one quarterback. He delivers and more. You, you draft your first defense and you get the uh, Buffalo Bills defense. And there's going to be multiple weeks where they're going 17. They're going 15. They're going 12. Um, they're going to, there's going to be weeks that they will win you your week. And they showed it. Um, they will. They tried to show it this week, but to no avail. And my one down is every other individual on his starting lineup. Uh, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Keenan Allen, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, Tony Pollard, Matt Gay. They're down. All right, as we move on from the matchups, I want to introduce a new segment we got going here. Three booms, three busts. We're each going to throw out three booms that we liked, three busts that we saw during the weekend. We just let's have a discussion about it. So I'm going to go through mine first. Three booms that I got. Back of the draft, uh, quarterbacks that you could have picked up. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that's definitely one. And Gabe Davis. So let's start with the back of the draft quarterback. So I felt week one that there was a lot of like good quarterback play just across the whole NFL and like teams that I wasn't ever even looking at for a quarterback. Like I look at Marcus Mariota, dude, he was throwing dimes in that game. Yeah. So, and I, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'll keep going on. Yeah. So Marcus Mariota, uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm a little, that game was a little sketchy. Uh, he was all over no. the place, but, but Jameis Winston, uh, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I was. I mean, Joe Burrow sucked. The one that stuck out to me was Kirk Cousins, just being yeah. able to have Justin Jefferson as his target and weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was, and the Packers last year had a really good defense and a really good cornerbacks, and Jair Alexander, and I think Eric Stokes is his name is the other one. But yeah, Justin Jefferson being able to just dice up that entire secondary was, was super impressive. And and you, when you have that kind of weapon and you use it the correct way, like Kirk Cousins did. I'm still not sold on him as a quarterback that wants you know he's going to win you games, but as far as fantasy is concerned, he he's definitely one that uh, people should you know pick up if you have someone like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and and that's the whole point where I believe that the draft process works is that I know it's week one, stranger things can happen. The good teams are going to get better, and the, mm-hmm. the bad teams are usually going to fall apart during this time of the year. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of good quarterbacks in the NFL, so. If you didn't nab one in the draft, you got plenty of options. Uh-huh. So let's move to Saquon Barkley. Did you did you watch him? No. So I, I mean, I was actually at the Charger Raider game. Humble brag, but um, no, I, I I saw his stat line after the game, and just immediately impressed. Um, mm-hmm. Just absolutely crazy his stat line. Yeah, and it's it's <coughs> I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed per se. I'm more Hold on a relieved. Hold on. I gotta get a drink of water. I'm fucking okay. <coughs> Let's just do the Saquon one over again. Yeah. All right. I learned. I learned when we like have midway cuts like that. When I rejoin, it's got to be like a. 
like it's got to be like a mid sentence. Like I'm going to say, then I look at, uh, then I want to talk about Saquon. That's like, it's hard blending. Uh, okay. All right. Let me look at his full number. Nine yards per carry. Okay. Okay, here we go. Then after the back of the quarter, oh no, see, I just told you what I was gonna do and I didn't do it. All right, here we go. Three. <clears throat> then I look at Saquon Barkley. Uh-huh. Jake, did you watch his game? So I did it and I was at the Chargers Raiders game, hung humble brag. But yeah, look at me, I, Louis. I saw, I saw his stat line, and I was like taken back from like three years ago. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I I got that a lot. I like heard that in like the Twitter landscape. Like, oh, I'm so surprised. Like, price. I'm just relieved because Saquon Barkley coming out of a, a Penn State rookie year, he was so fun to watch, mm-hmm. and I felt like I felt like watching him this past week. Just watching him just hurt, like run over people. His step, his bounce, his quickness is all back. And he's just, he's such a delight to see. Yeah, I'll definitely try to catch their game week two against the Panthers. But yeah, I mean, 18 carries for 164 yards, which averages out, looking at the stat line right here, nine yards a carry and a touchdown. And then Insane. He six catches for 30 yards, so which was good for 30 fantasy points. So yeah, that that is what you want out of Saquon that's what people have wanted for years out of him and unfortunately mm-hmm. injuries have kind of derailed him but let's hope that he stays healthy only because yeah, yeah for Phil that's that's a huge second running back on the squad and th- he's he's the forefront that's he's the whole rushing attack so mm-hmm. it kind of kind of pushes me into why I'm excited about Gabe Davis and I was super um stoked to like talk about him here because as a second option, and there's some idiots that say he's a third option behind like Dawson Knox. That guy's just touchdown or whatever. But going into the season, we saw the strong playoffs that Gabe Davis had. Expectations were high, but I felt like that game against the Rams um, really, really almost like succeeded it for me. I felt like he was mo- he almost looks more dynamic. And I know there's a thrashing out there, but seeing him on the screen after all the hype that was leading up to the the up to the draft and his draft position seeing him against the rams seeing him at sofi and seeing him just look good it 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 made me feel good i mean i'm going to absolutely disagree with you here i don't think gabe davis is someone that you can you know plug in every week and you're going to think that he's going to get you this kind of um these kind of points i know that he got 16 17 points last week but one of those plays was a broken coverage where he was wide open and it was a, it was a beautiful play call, but that's more on the Rams defense than Gabe Davis doing anything. Uh, I mean, we could have been out there and ran wide open and the Rams defense just completely collapsed. The second one, there was a huge, and before I mean, right after that, he didn't have anything going until about the third quarter where there was a play action play where he caught the ball. And that was a great play. I'll give him props to that. But besides those two plays, I mean, he he only caught four catches, so he only was targeted five times in a in an offense that is strictly passing. So you're gonna have Stephon Diggs every single week get you know mm-hmm. ten targets or so. Um, there was someone on the Bills, and his name is escaping me right now. That had perhaps I think he had more targets than Gabe Davis as their third wide receiver. 
Was um, it Crowder or uh, it was, was it was it either McKenzie or Crowder? I, I can't remember. Yeah, it was that slot. It but was whoever's playing was out of the slot. Those are the players that have actually been better than a wide receiver too on the Bills over the last few seasons. Who's been their slot guy the last few seasons that gets all those catches? Who used who did who did it used to be? Remember? I have no idea who. Cole Beasley. I don't even know. So Cole uh-huh. Beasley used to get six, seven, eight targets a game and catch those all the time and was, you know, used in the red zone. So I, I'm still on the fence with Gabe Davis. I do think the talent is there. Of course he can catch the ball. He can he can stretch the field vertically. But I just that offense, I that's not someone who I think I'm I'm confident in every single week. Yeah, I mean, you you had glowing remarks about Cole Beasley and Cole Beasley was to that incredible safety blanket. I look at now that position, that slot position is a two-man position. I don't even think they're confident who's going out of the slot. So, yeah, you're mentioning six targets uh, in this first game, but I think it's only going to get more plentiful for Gabe Davis as he goes throughout the year. So those are my three booms. Jake, what did you like this week? Yeah, so I have three booms. I have number one being the Philly Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles offense in general. Uh, number two, Corderell Patterson. And number three, Patrick Mahomes. So we'll start out with that Philly offense. Um, now, granted, they're going up against the Detroit Lions, the Hard Knocks darlings. Hard Knocks champs. Yeah. Um, that offense, though, you talked a lot of shit, and so did I, but you talked a lot of shit regarding it not being uh, a quote-unquote high-powered offense, which I'm, I'm still on the fence with when it comes to that. But – you thought it was inefficient. You didn't like AJ Brown. You didn't like Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I'm. I look at that offense. They did it through the air. They ran. What was it? Four different rushers had touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, overall, it was. It looked very, very impressive. And AJ Brown looked very impressive with Jalen Hurts. He was involved. He was involved. Yeah, I mean, he had. I'm trying to grab it right now. I believe it was 120 yards through the air so that Mm -hmm. was no i'm sorry 155 yards with 10 catches so that is someone that you know if they can get that type of you know production from every single week very very impressive then you look at Mm -hmm. miles sanders on the ground i apologize to miles sanders (laughs) um i still think you're trash um i still think that you had one touchdown this year already and I believe that, did, I don't know if you heard the uh, the commentary in the game, but oh man, did they make it a point to let us know when the last time Miles Sanders had a touchdown? Yeah, he didn't have a touchdown all of last year, so <laughs> I know <laughs> he had one. His well, I think it was in the second quarter, maybe third quarter, but he finally had one this year. I mean, he had 13 attempts, 96 yards, a rushing touchdown, 7.4. Their line looks a lot better this year. I think they're healthier, so that's an offense. And Jalen Hurts just looked amazing too. Um, so what, what are your feelings on that? Uh, are you walking it back at all regarding your, uh, no, not at all. Jalen Hurts was Jalen Hurts had 32 attempts and had 18 completions. He had a QBR of 64.3. They played the lions. They played the team that every, every off season, whoever's on hard knocks, everyone just can't contain themselves and are throwing bets on, on super bowl and Dan Campbell head coach of the year. They played a bad team. And if anything, um, I don't see it. I see it more as the the lack of uh, the Lions' defense compared to like the strength of the Eagles' offense. AJ AJ Brown was involved. I was wrong about that, but 
it wasn't efficient. It wasn't this great performance. I mean, they but... scored 31 points offensively. They, I know they had to pick six, but 31 mm-hmm. points is still 31 points. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's not much I can say about it, but I'm not I'm not leaving this stoop. All right. Well, we'll have to see next week. Um, we have my second boom is Corderell Patterson. Now, Corderell is someone that I, as a Charger fan in the offseason, just absolutely wanted on my team. He is someone that it's nice to see someone who was drafted pretty high as a wide receiver, never mm-hmm. really was anything in Minnesota. I think he played on the Raiders one year. Um, yeah, he did. He, yeah, he just, I'm looking at it right now, Minnesota, Oakland, New England, Chicago. He just bounced around yep. all over the place. Then last year, came out of nowhere as a running back and just kind of took the fantasy you know, le- leagues by storm. And so everyone kind of thought, oh, it might have just been a one-year one thing with Corderell. First week, he goes up against the Saints defense that rarely ever allows yeah. 100 yards rushers. And he runs mm-hmm. for 22 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. So I think that's extremely impressive. There wasn't really anybody behind him either that ran the ball. Damian Williams had two carries. Some guy named Avery Williams had two carries. Shout out yeah. Avery Williams. Don't know who you are. If you if you listen to this, Avery Williams, I apologize. I'll, I'll take some free tickets when the Chargers visit Atlanta. But wow, Marcus Mariota, twelve carries for seventy two yards. So you can tell how this team is going to 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 try to move the ball. They're going to run yeah, the ball, compete. I don't know about win, but they'll be they'll be competing. No, they're not going to they're not going to be winning too much. Um, but they will be running the ball through their offense. They're not going to be throwing it too much. Um, but Corderell, and I think he had three catches for, for 16 yards as well. So I hope that this continues for him because it's nice to see someone kind of, you know, slug along to the NFL, get his big break, get his opportunity and, and make the most of it. So Corderell is my, as my second, uh, boom. Yeah. There's not much I can really add on to that. I, I think he's one of those players that, um, even if he's not on your team, you're always kind of having tabs on uh-huh. seeing how they're doing because they're, they're interesting. Um, Jake touched on how many teams that guys played on. He's a journeyman uh-huh. and seeing him get his respect and his shine. Now is awesome. It is. It, it definitely is. Um, my third boom is, and I hate to say it because I do not like this team. Um, I do not like this person's brother, but Patrick Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I was sitting at the charger game at halftime, kind of going through the other games and I clicked on the Arizona Kansas City score, and I think it was like twenty four to seven at halftime. And I go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like, I believe they had they definitely had three touchdowns. Yeah, and I look half. at his stats at halftime, and he has three touchdowns throwing, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is is kind of going off. Um, C E H. And then I look at Travis Kelsey, and I'm just thinking, like, man, this team just lost. Uh, Tyreek Hill like they should have taken at least a small step back yeah. yeah not even close and then I look at the end of the game when I'm walking out of the stadium I'm thinking Chargers first place tied with the Chiefs and they play each other this upcoming Thursday and then I what look and I see what Mahomes stat line is and I go oh great I felt really good about Herbert's performance which he did a fine job but I look at Mahomes 360 yards five touchdowns a QBR of 94.1 and a rating of 144.2. It just, it never ends with this guy. This guy is just 
unbelievable. Um, whether you know you don't like the no look passes or you like them, you like the showiness, you like that kind of quiet confidence, that cockiness that he brings, he is still one of the top quarterbacks in the league, if not one of the top players in the league. So I don't see Patrick Mahomes going anywhere, regardless of who his weapons are. Juju Smith Schuster, MVS, um, you know, these guys, you know, they they stepped right in and they didn't miss a beat for that offense. See, Patrick uh, Jackson Mahomes should do a TikTok with Juju. That's all I got out of that whole segment. <laughs> um, I, I'd, yeah, I'm not sure if I think that would actually, you know, that might bring down the Kansas City Chiefs. That's true. But, uh, that is true. But yeah, if if Jackson Mahomes can do something to where it affects Patrick Mahomes, only because as a Charger fan, I want to see that happen. I want to see yeah, Chargers try next to week. win the division. Um, then you know more power to him. Then I'm rooting for you, Jackson. <laughs> you heard it here first. All right, so we checked out the booms. Now let's look mm-hmm. at the bus, Jake. What do we got? Yeah, so my three busts of the week. Uh, number one is Amari Cooper. Number two, Trey Lance, and number three, everyone on the Rams offense not named Cooper Cup. So True. Amari Cooper, uh, I think Amari Cooper is very talented. I think he is in a, and this might change as the season goes on and Deshaun Watson comes back from his suspension, even though he should be suspended the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But Amari Cooper had seven targets, six targets, excuse me, Three catches, 17 yards. That is not what you want out of your wide receiver. One, his quarterback is not a good throwing quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. That offense is all rushing. It is Nick Chubb. It's Kareem Hunt. Jacoby Brissett can at least you know move around a little bit. But Amari Cooper needs to have a good quarterback in order to perform. He's not a wide receiver that can just you know outperform anyone. Depends on who throws him the ball. It does not matter. For him, though, he needs to have a good quarterback that can hit him in in open spaces, um, so that you know when he when he wins his routes, he can you know break something off. And he's just I, I don't see anything from him in the next six to eight weeks. Yeah, in terms of like a fantasy aspect, I don't think Mark Cooper Mark Cooper was drafted to produce we like wide receiver one wide receiver twos but definitely he was someone that you targeted for like that potential bye week starters or the flex so i feel like this week this past week uh yeah i i echo everything you just said um mario cooper has been known to be able to uh command a lot of targets in an offense but i don't know i don't mm-hmm. even think i just think he's got like soap on his hands or something um he's always seemed like he's got the volume not very uh, consistent uh, bringing down. I feel like he's kind of that boomer bust guy too. We've seen weeks where he's been targeted 15 times and sometimes it hits and uh-huh. he has these 40 point weeks that everyone remembers. But the Amari Cooper that I know that I had, I believe I had in last year, in one of my leagues was, man, I was so frustrated because I, I'm getting the looks, I'm getting the targets and yeah, they're not perfect, but they're hitting him in the hands. And I just felt like Amari Cooper could never just just be consistent and and make uh-huh. those easy catches and be that through in throughout wide receiver two that I was always yeah. expecting. Yeah, definitely agree. My number two bust of the week is none other than Trey Lance of the San Francisco <laughs> starting quarterback. Starting quarterback Trey Lance. Um, 
Trey Lance is a very interesting prospect. He's a very interesting quarterback. I just don't see it. And then, and I will say that I, you know, I'm not someone that watches a lot of Niners games, but the times that I have watched them play, he is just he just doesn't do it for me. I have seen flashes from Justin Fields. I have seen flashes from some other rookie quarterbacks here and there. I've seen flashes from someone that you can kind of compare like a Jalen Hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, the Definitely. offense. Um, he does. He has rushing touchdowns. He he can throw the ball here and there, and at least in my opinion. But Trey Lance, and I know that the weather played a huge factor last week. That that was yeah. one of the most torrential downpours I've ever I've ever seen. Um, yeah. So I know that that screwed up a lot of things. For instance, with George Kittle being out, perhaps there's definitely some game plan. Um, you know, changes last minute. Uh, um, Eli Mitchell going down, getting hurt again, again. Um, but you know, those things happened perhaps because of the rain, because of the, the field, the turf. But you know, he has you know weapons such as Debo. Debo only had two catches for 14 yards, which is inc- incredible. I don't yeah, get I mean, how that doesn't happen. Eight times for 52 yards and a touchdown. Because he could have get it to him. That's a classic Debo. Yeah, sure. And that could have been weather related, but I mean, it's good. It, we will see this next week with the Seahawks what Trey Lance can bring to the table. He's just not someone that I feel like I can start and like be confident the rest of the year. So if I were to have Trey Lance in any of my leagues, definitely pick up some sort of backup like a Kirk Cousins. Um, to where I can, you know, perhaps try to stream some guys as well. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on Trey Lance? Well, real quick, there's always a Kirk Cousins, no matter where you are. In life, fantasy football, there's always yeah, that other option that's just always there for you. That's gotta love. Yeah. I love I Kirk guess, Cousins. Yeah. I yeah. don't love Kirk Cousins, but, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> we digress. Um, yeah, no, I look at I look at your example. I always go back to Fields and I go back to Hurts and – the biggest difference between those two guys is that Hertz um, running ability is is a part of their offense. Like it's uh-huh. schemed for it. Uh, the Eagles want it. Where I look at Trey Lance and his limited limited work. I mean, can't even probably count on two hands how many games he started. Uh-huh. But um, and I look at this week one. But I don't have the sense that um, the Niners are interested in using his um, physical abilities, being able to move out of the pocket, his running prowess into like their game plan their offensive game plan i just, yeah. there's no commitment to it and those two situations with jalen and uh lance like that's the difference in their fantasy outlook and it's pretty much yeah just what makes them such a gulf in what you have to pay for Jalen Hurts and what you pay for trey lance i don't yeah. see trey lance getting there yeah i mean you also got to remember too the coach of the niners did not want to draft trey lance no. He also wanted Tom Brady. Like this is an offense that kind of wants guys to stay in the pocket, like a Mac Jones who yeah. Kyle Shanahan wanted, like a Tom Brady um, that he wanted. So this is something that, and I think John Lynch, the GM of the Niners, kind of realized that this league might, you know, be kind of you know, changing into one that you perhaps you need a quarterback that's going to be more mobile. So that's yeah. why they got someone like Trey Lance and they traded all these draft picks for him. But for fantasy purposes, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I'm looking at Justin Fields from this exact same game. He had less yards, had 121 yards, but he only had eight completions, but he had two touchdowns. And those two yep. touchdowns were solely because he escaped the pocket and he has kind of that IQ to realize to look downfield and to yep. get to guys that are wide open. I think, who was it? Dante Pettis 
I remember we were texting Ooh. throughout Sunday and he just appeared out of nowhere. We were both like Dante Post. I haven't heard that name in years. But he revenge game actually he was wide open. I, I remember seeing a clip of that. And that's because Fields kind of had that, you know, football IQ of scrambling outside the pocket, looking downfield. I just haven't seen that from Trey Lance. So I don't know that's if that's something that he's going to develop over time. And it possibly could because he is a rookie. It was still very early on in his career. But, you know, it doesn't it, it wouldn't strike me as for fantasy purposes that Trey Lance gets benched. And I've been saying this since our you know last week in the podcast. Watch out for Jimmy G to come in in some of these games. So I do think that at some point, if the 49ers are struggling, Jimmy G is going to make an appearance. Are you going to want me to go into the number three? I was, yeah, just go to three. Okay. All right. And then my third bust of the week was in our very first game, NFL game. Um, the Bills did everything perfectly. Everybody on the Rams was terrible except for Cooper Cup. Shout out LA Brash Bros. But the Rams offense, I have a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks, a lot of just not sure where the hell this is going to go this season. Matt Mm. Stafford's I know Matt Stafford, everyone's talking about his elbow. The thing I'm most concerned about is that offensive line. It was a dumpster fire and absolutely. I believe a couple guys got hurt, too, and they're going to be out for a little bit. Um, Darrell Henderson looked okay in the in the small you know amount of time that he had. Like he averaged Stafford, five five per carry. Yeah, but he wasn't given the ball that much. I feel like no. he maybe given the ball less than ten times. Yeah, um, but we talked about Cam Akers not doing anything. Um, literally zero. Literally, yeah, zero. Um, so then you look at the other weapons that the Rams have. And Allen Robinson was someone that they gave money to over the offseason, and everyone kind of built him up as, you know, the next Robert Woods for this offense. He just didn't get the ball thrown to him whatsoever. Um, And then you look at other guys that are out there. You know, Tyler Higbee had an okay day, but he had 11 targets and only caught the ball five times. Uh, Ben Skoranek had six targets. He went four for 25. God, I hate that guy. (laughs) Matt Stafford just and he just looked bad. Like he looked like perhaps that elbow is a little concerning, but I mean he was sacked seven times. You cannot have a successful offense if your offensive line is allowing seven sacks. And I know the Bills defense is amazing, but you know, they just looked terrible and Stafford looked terrible. So I have I got concerns with everyone on that offense. Besides Cooper Cup, yeah, I think I don't have that concerns because I don't really buy into that. Well, they didn't play all preseason crap. I, I think, I think the Rams showed um, what big of a hole Andrew Whitworth is going to leave on that uh, offensive line. Yeah, um, I think that's a big that's a big difference, and he saw it in that game. Stafford had no time to throw no time to throw throughout the whole game. Uh, Allen Robinson is a new wide receiver in that offense. I, I can see where the arguments of them not participating in the preseason, because it it seemed like the offensive line, uh, Stafford, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson to Cooper cup. There's a lot of headshots of them talking on the bench and like Allen looked like like kind of pissed or perturbed. Uh Or um, I just think, there needs to be cohesion there and they're returning a lot of players, but especially that offensive line, 
I'm not worried about Stafford and his elbow. I think if you drafted him to be your number one quarterback, you just you roll with him next week. I don't think you're ever worried about it. Cam Akers is definitely concerning. Darrell Henderson, I think he's only going to get better. That was a tough matchup, but I think for the Rams offense, they kind of got kicked in the nuts week one by a team that they potentially may see later in the season. And where in the Super Bowl? Well, that's later in the season, technically. Oh, great. Man. Yeah, get out good of here with Rams good save there. the Super Bowl. Well, that's who they inspired to be. They may see them in the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's a good wake up call. I think we'll see their offense wake up next week. Yeah, that's fair. They they play Atlanta next week, so that that's a perfect team. I feel like you can kind of take advantage of. Yes. Um, continue to run the ball. Yeah, Darrell had it looks like three point five on the ground, but he did catch the ball five times, which is something that he rarely does. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think that you have to, and I understand Cam Akers being kind of getting frustrated with certain things that he doesn't do. You have to get him in the game somehow, though. He is someone that can be kind of that explosive running back, at least can catch the ball. Um, but he definitely has to work on a couple of things as far as like picking up blitzes and yeah, that you know, blitz, that blitz, yeah, that that's the big problem around. Yeah. Oh that my was a little, goodness. Uh, viral with him just letting someone. That's like enterprise. <laughs> is that your advertisement again? Your translation device works. What the fuck? I have this on mute. Wait, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Why is this fucking up? Yeah, you might just want to clip it after you say your last thing. You just cut okay. off whatever I, I didn't really Okay, perfect. On. All okay. right. So those are done. Uh, and then mine. Oh, yeah. So I said the last thing? Uh, Yeah, you said something okay. about that they can do it next week or something like that. Bounce back yeah. next okay. week. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can do it next week. Well, then why don't you... I pretty okay, much. I can. I can. Yeah, I can throw it to you. Yeah, throw it to me. You can like comment on yeah, that. Yeah, I got. I got. I got. I got. Okay, cool. All right. So you got my booms and busts of week one. Let is. Let's finish up with your three busts of the week. So my three busts of the week are first we got the Packers offense just in general, and then I want to <laughs> mm-hmm. talk about the Cowboys offense in general. Mm-hmm. And I I touched on it earlier with a uh, Travis Entian. Uh, now I said his name perfect earlier, and now I can't say it at all. Uh, um, I want to, yeah, Etn Junior. Right? It's yeah. You can just say Etn. I don't even know who Senior is, so you can just say Travis. Okay. Etienne. Well, respect to respect to the respect Senior. To the but senior. I want to go over uh, that draft pick, and I also want to go over a similar situation that's happening in New York with Brees Hall. Okay. So let's go back to Packers offense. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did were they the worst offense this past week? Like in yeah, terms I mean, of like the two efficiency, that, the two that you're going to touch on are were definitely the two worst. I mean, even yeah. I think the Jets had more yards and moved the ball. Better I guess than, maybe the Niners. Niners probably didn't move yeah, the ball that well. Yeah, well, we can. I mean, they scored. Did the Green Bay Packers score a touchdown? Uh, I don't. AJ think Dillon so. had a touchdown. Yes, oh, AJ Dillon. Did. Yeah, but the, the yeah. Cowboys did not score a touchdown. So. Yes, the the Niners had a better offensive week than the Dallas Cowboys. But let's get into the let's Packers think, first. Let, let that one seek in real quick. Shit. Yeah, the, the big thing with the Packers uh, offense is I'm worried for fantasy. Like, can you trust can you trust uh, Aaron Rodgers as the number one quarterback for your team? I don't no. think so. I look nope. at Aaron Jones. Is is Jaren, Aaron Jones a confident 
RB2 this year with this offense? I don't think so. RB2, There's no uh, RB1, I, definitely not. Yeah, but still, I mean, on the safe end, I don't even feel safe with him. I mean, I look at Antonio Gibson in his first week. I know things are going to change to Brian Robinson, but like, much other rather have Antonio Gibson, who I came in the league like as a flex guy. Like, I'm more confident as an RB2 of Antonio Gibson than I am Aaron Jones after that first go around with the with that offense. And uh-huh. I don't see I see Alan Lazard that was out, but looking at this offense, I don't think even Alan Lazard helps them here. What yeah. do you think? I I am still up in the air regarding the offense in general. I do think it's going to take a while for those receivers and Aaron Rodgers to gel, though. So it mm-hmm. could take you know four to six weeks, and by that time, you can be probably just you, you can't be that patient in fantasy football. Can't start the year off you know two and four and hope that Aaron Rodgers turns it around. He did have a perfect throw to Christian Watson, the rookie yeah. that hit him square in the hands. That would have been a long touchdown that that he dropped. Um, but like I said, I think that's going to take time. And you would think that someone that has played football their entire life can know has, knows how to catch a ball. But perhaps a rookie, perhaps on the Green Bay Packers, perhaps Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback that gets into your brain, that gets into your mind, that kind of you know psychs you out a little bit. So I definitely think it's going to take some time for them to gel. Um, but I, I'm not too worried about that running back situation. I think they still have a good offensive line. Aaron Jones, I think, can still get you – the touchdowns in the red zone. AJ Dillon had, I think, had a pretty good game. He is someone that I think that you could probably start as a flex from now on and kind of be confident in getting at least, you know, 10 points or over every single week. Yeah. Because um, they do use both of them and, and pretty regularly. So that that those AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are really the only two weapons that I would even, you know, consider in the in the uh, Green Bay offense. If If we had to do a redraft and we got all the knowledge that we got from week one uh-huh. and – I feel like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are like going off the board at the same time with this offense. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I, I think, and I'm going to go back in right now and see where AJ Dillon was drafted. And I think Phil has him. So I'm going to go to Phil's team, but I believe he was picked somewhat later. And he was someone that I was kind of hoping that would fall to me in the, the next round I was drafting. He was picked in the 10th round. So yeah, I would have loved to kind of have him, you know, I should have, that's someone that I probably should have, Tried to pick out. Um, Phil, mm-hmm. if you listen to this, let's talk trades. But, there you um, go. <laughs> but uh, no, AJ Dillon is a very good player. And um, Aaron Jones, I, th- I think Aaron Jones still goes before AJ Dillon, but I definitely think AJ Dillon would probably be in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we talked about Phil. So let's go to, oh, that, yeah. uh, to his Cowboys. Oh, boy. What? What can you expect out of that offense? I mean, you're a CD Lamb owner. Mm-hmm. He he had 11 targets in the game. He's obviously a still focal point in the offense. Um, 11 targets, three catches. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, they're 11 targets, so targets are worth its weight. Um, you know that it's going to bounce back with a guy like CD Lamb. But now we got Cooper Rush, and yeah, is is CD Lamb? Is CD? I I think we we both agree here, but CD Lamb is still set it and forget it wide receiver whoever's his quarterback that's what i believe especially in this offense when i i look at target share uh throughout the game cd with 11 dalton schultz with mine with nine that's automatic but i i may be ignorant here but i'm looking at other guys that were involved i don't know any of these players noah brown dennis houston sammy fijeco 
Yeah, it's, I don't know any of the, I, I've heard of Noah Brown. I've seen him play because actually, and I'm not trying to stereotype. Every time I see Noah Brown play, I think it's it's CeeDee Lamb. I think they, they look very similar. Mm, and I think okay. Noah Brown wears 85 and, and uh, CeeDee Lamb uh, wears 88. So yeah, whenever I see Noah confusing. Brown catch one, I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go, CD, there we go. And then it's like, oh, Noah Brown catches one for 25 yards. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Now I got to go <laughs> back and get my two points from CD Lamb last week. But Yeah, and I think – and I think – where I look at uh, where I look at where CD Lamb and this offense may fall apart a little bit is with a guy like Cooper Rush coming in, less skilled quarterback obviously than Dak. Does uh-huh. he hyper focus on CD and has that changed the defensive assignments where there's a little bit extra extra eyes on CD Lamb and I don't know. I'm just not stoked about this offense at yeah, all. Well, I mean, you you didn't even talk about the run game, which just also looks terrible. So Zeke Elliott. I don't know where he went. Um, he was the talk of the town for years, I feel like, in fantasy football. And then this year, I think he fell into like the third round in most drafts. Yeah. Tony Pollard. I'm sure, Phil, you drafted with Phil. I'm sure Phil just talked up Tony Pollard so oh, much. You would have, you would have thought that Zeke wasn't on the Cowboys. And Tony Pollard. I mean, everyone thought that he would be kind of like that A.J. Dillon type. But yeah. Tony P just i don't see the running game from tony p i see it in the passing game i think he's a very dynamic he catch the ball he can give him an open space but yeah i don't know where this offense goes um you can double cd and then you have to trust an outside they don't have any vertical guys they do not have a vertical threat i know michael gallup is hurt and i think eventually he's coming back but they don't have any yeah, pretty receivers soon. on the on the outside and he's going to definitely help because he is someone that can win on the outside but see, he's more of a slot guy now. Then he's yeah. more of that, like, in the slot, can be moved around in, in that soft zone and find that open space. Dalton Schultz is good as far as a pass catcher, too. So, But it all comes down to quarterback play. And, and what are you going to get from um, Cooper Rush? And, I I mean, I I can't imagine that it's anything better than, good, like, average, right, yeah. like, on a consistent basis. So you said, is C.D. Lamb someone that you can set it and forget it? I think perhaps on on matchup, uh, he, he might be a flex play. Maybe you know someone that you if you have someone that's really good on the bench, um, then you use him instead. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next four to six weeks uh, with with that offense. Yeah, you hate it when you hate it when you prioritize a high pick for a guy like that, and then something that's out of his control is going to affect his season. But Cowboys offense does not look good. I am not tuning in to their next game. No shot. I will look at the stats after. So last one I want to touch on, my uh, bust, Travis Etienne and Jaguars Jaguars, Jaguars, uh, offense, that running back room. And then I also want to compare it to the Jets running back room. I want to hear this because I'm not too sure where you're going with this. Now, I believe that the Jags running back room with James Robinson, Travis Etienne, there was, I feel like owners are constantly caught up with the hype of these running back or second year. Well, Travis Etienne, he's practically a running back. He drafted, got hurt, missed the whole first season, came back this year. But mm-hmm. so much hype, so much draft capital for these running backs that are going into a situation. Yeah, maybe not the greatest team, but going into a situation where there's a running back that the team just drafted a couple of years ago who's been highly efficient now james robinson got thrown to the wayside last year 
because of all the work that was uh, that was getting taken from him by Carlos Hyde. Uh, Carlos Hyde. But if you look at his stats last season, still an amazing runner. He had eight rushing touchdowns. And when going into this season and all the hype, uh, all the hype uh, surrounding ETN, I just kept remembering Josh uh, James Robinson's there. Like uh-huh. he will be involved. Uh-huh. Like, do you have any fits with that one? No, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that he, I believe last year he was out for a good amount of the games, no? No, he actually I said all... the same thing to my coworker, and I he... he was out, no. And I he corrected not. me. He said he played 14 games last year. I think it was the beginning of the season he got Yeah, hurt. he got... No, he was playing week one all the way through. Yeah, I mean, he played 14. So, yeah, I mean, last year their offense was just was really bad. It wasn't that good at all. Trevor Lawrence looked absolutely terrible, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I was surprised too that in fantasy, I mean, I'm in a couple different leagues and I, I scooped up James Robinson in like later rounds um, because he was going towards the end of the draft. And yeah. as someone that has had past success on a bad team, you know, I'm not sure where the whole like draft other people over, James Robinson, like where that came from um, or why he dropped so far. Um, Usually now in in the NFL, I feel like unless you have a guy that you know can get 20 carries like a Derrick Henry or a Dalvin Cook or, you know, you need another running back. You need need that support system. You need two guys that can run the ball. Um, Or you might need, like, for instance, the Chargers have Eckler, I think only had like 10 carries on Sunday. Yeah. But they use Sony Michelle, they use Josh Kelly, they use other guys throughout the game to keep them fresh. So I think having a 1A, 1B is super important. So yeah, I agree. Like having someone like Travis Etienne is is important because he is explosive. He was explosive at Clemson when he played uh, alongside Trevor Lawrence. So they have that connection. But James Robinson should be getting, you know, just as much many carries and touches and red zone opportunities as ETN does. Yeah, and and that carve of that playtime, I I felt when I saw ETN on the draft board, I'm like, that's too high. Like, I'm not drafting mm-hmm. a guy that is gonna e- lose forty percent of his work to mm-hmm. an already good running back that can easily starting off the season can solidify that job and turn it more seventy yeah. thirty his way. So, mm-hmm. and I look at that room. And for me, it's cut and paste between what's going on with uh, Brees Hall and Michael Carter for the Jets. Yeah, uh, Brees Hall was the sexy pick, like top uh, running back in the NFL draft. And everyone just thought he can just plop him right onto the Jets. And he's just going to be this like thousand yard next incarnation of uh, Saquon. And I believe he was going... Sec, late second, third round, Jake. Can you correct me on that? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, you got him in the sixth, so I don't think he w- would have been yeah, going well, that high in, in different in other leagues. I would say probably, you know, late fourth would be his ceiling if someone really yeah. wants running backs or if they believe in him. Um, but yeah, I I can definitely see the two comparisons. Um, but I'll let you talk about the other guy. And yeah, and Michael well. Carter, we saw in that week one. I mean, he had a great line. He had a great running line. He was heavily involved, heavily long in the passing game. Um, and he his fantasy line would have been better if he would have just committed on that touchdown. He had an easy touchdown. The game was already over. Just the slop points at the end of the end of the mm-hmm. game and an easy touchdown he missed. So 
if you would have had that touchdown, uh, you were looking at a fantasy set anywhere in like 16, 17 for a guy that was basically, I haven't changed my team order. So like when I go to my team, it kind of shows me like where I drafted people. Yeah, you and, drafted him in the 13th round. Yeah. And the 13th yeah. round for a number one, a, that 1A running back for a team that is going to be losing, which obviously is going to hurt his value, but he is a pass catcher. And we saw it just last season in his rookie year that he was when healthy, he was carrying this team. So uh-huh. it just, it, it, it blew my mind seeing the value of Brees where, and how much talk was, was going on. And it's one of those things where the, it's almost like the teams forget. Um, they're like, Oh, we got to get this running back. We struggled or whatever. Or he was hurt. And then they roll around. They, after preseason, they look at their running back room and they're like, dude, that's Michael Carter. He dominated for us last year. And then they just use them. It's just so I never get trapped in those running back room uh, debacles, especially with rookies. And we saw it a little bit with Javante Williams last year with Melvin Gordon. Everyone thought Melvin Gordon was just this guy that was just going to roll over. Javante Williams, um, hot new running back for the Broncos, was just going to come uh-huh. in and take like a 70-30, 80-20 split. And um, no, Melvin pushed him for that role all yep. season. And we just saw in the debacle of Monday yeah. night football, he's still there. Yeah, he's I mean, still it, taking it's, work. It's going to stay the same. And that's what I was kind of speaking on earlier with one, a and one B running backs. Like you're going to have split carries with certain guys the entire season, unless someone gets hurt, of course, but that's not going to go away because they want to have guys stay fresh. They want, you know, different dynamics, whether it's a bruiser or like, you know, Javante Williams is very good catching the ball. But, you know, Melvin Gordon is better between the tackles and just pounding the rock and getting up yeah. and also fumbling on the one-yard line. But, um, you know, there are different things that these guys can do that are different, but they both can, you know, contribute to a, to success for a team. 